Good evening and welcome back to Editing Aloud. And I have with me, as always, a panel of South Africa's best informed journalists on a day in which Sikonati Manchancha, the ANC-NEC, seems to have said yes to Tito Mboweni's economic policy paper, to our great surprise. I mean, the ANC-NEC meeting this week, uh, briefing media um, on Wednesday. What has it got to say about about economic policy? Hillary, the ANC and the government uh, have got their back against the wall. They had absolutely no choice. Tito Mboweni uh, presented the most logical. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's not even rock, rocket science. It's the, the ordinary things that should have been done long ago. So they have finally said, yes, go ahead, uh, Mr. Mboweni, let us get your your, your economic blueprint working, which then means, in part, we are going to privatize. Uh, first break ESCOM into three entities. The NEC has granted that. Uh, we are going to break South African Airways into three entities, but we're going to merge South African Airways with South African Express, both uh, bankrupt entities as, as it is who haven't even published financial results. So uh, the NEC has agreed uh, with that, uh, which then also means we will uh, indeed get in private investors uh, to, to buy into these entities. And Mr. Mboweni, we will sell off some of the non-core uh, state-owned assets. They really had absolutely no choice. Uh, there's no growth and, and, and the, the, the bonds are flowing out of the country. So, Look, Kanye, is there a danger that the ANC is agreeing just to kind of paper over the cracks and that they don't really support some of these controversial mm. proposals that were in the economic policy paper that came out of the Treasury a few weeks ago? I was just about to maybe to make that point really as well. I mean, as always, the, the trick is always about the implementation. I mean, we, we, we always say about how we never have any shortage of ideas in this country, any shortage of policies, any shortage of debates. The question is, uh, what happens tomorrow, today? Like, because a lot of these things that Sigonati talked about, talked about they're, they're hardly new, as he says, they're not, it's not brain surgery, this stuff has been discussed over years. It's a question, does, does then, do we then have the political will to get them done? Because we don't seem to do even the simple things, the smaller things, the smaller things that aren't controversial, you know, like making it easier for foreign CEOs to work here without having to like, leave the country after three years to go get new permits in India or whatever. I mean, those don't need to have a fight with Kosati over those things, but they're still not being done. So. Tisset, so the, I mean, it does seem to be the issue about implementation. And, and last week, the president appoints his presidential economic advisory panel, which had been promised initially in the State of the Nation speech more than 18 months ago. Now, um, what do you think about the new panel? Is this a solution to any problem that we <laughs> currently have? Yeah, look, as, um, as Lukang has just mentioned, I mean, there are no shortages of ideas. I think... I think it's, I mean, it's unnecessary to have um, another bunch of clever people uh, to talk about what the, problem, what the problem is in South Africa. We all know what the problem is. We need to get on and implement and, and try and, you know, grab some low-hanging fruit. There are plenty of them. We should, have, we should be doing that instead of, um, uh, you know, getting an, an advisory um, uh, group of people to come and advise you as to what the problem is. I'm actually going to throw a bit of a curveball here because I do mm. sometimes wonder, I mean, mm. do we know what we're doing? Because some of the policies that we talk about don't cohere with some of the other policies on the books. Mm. I mean, we say we want to unbundle ESKIM and create competition, but the prospect of any more renewables, for example, kind of government says no to. So 
the panel supposedly is going to bring some coherence and consistency and also advise on implementation. I mean, could there be a case for a panel of experts that says, you know, you talk about doing this and you talk about doing that, but actually they're not the same policy approach at all? Do you think that is an issue, no, Sikonati, with uh, Lacanio? You made the point in, in, in your editorial over the weekend, so I, th I think we actually do know that as well. <laughs> you know? So I don't know whether we actually necessarily need like, so, like celebrity economists from the UK to come and tell us that. Now, I read your column last Sunday, and you make the point, for example, on, on, on competition policy, which is totally seemingly in contradiction with the, with the, with the government's goal of attracting investments. You know, like, I think Business Times also wrote a few months back about no nice person, we buy cars and this kind of... So these are hardly like, things that we need like, people from outside to come and advise us. I mean, you look at those, some of the names in that panel. I mean, somebody like Roderick, I mean, how often has he been advising us on so many things over so many years? I'm surprised he still has the energy for it. <laughs> because I mean, Say the same thing. How <laughs> I many of I mean, I mean, them have actually been implemented yes, over yeah. the years? So, 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 so it's a, it is a, co a consistency <laughs> thing where yeah. we speak with one tongue and we, and we, talk, you know, we act with another. But, but to what extent, Sikonati, is the implementation problem not a lack of will, but a, I, do, does the presidency know its way around government enough to make things happen? Let, because I've heard here. that criticism. Let's start here. Too many cooks spoil the broth. We already have more than enough experts and panelists and all sorts of committees advising a president who has been in business for 20 years before coming into the government in the last five years. If he does not know how to kickstart economic growth from 0% uh, uh, or just above 0% right now to, say, 3%. What does he know? Uh, he, so you sit there and pretend to be working when you, when you uh, find people and give them something to do. And actually, wh what are the deliverables? What, wh what is it that you want from them? And even if they were deliverables, what do smart people, all of them, these academics, and that is what they know, theory in the classroom, in the lecture room. Has anyone in that panel ever run a business? So much as a spaza shop. We have great people like Whitey Person who are available to, uh, or if anyone needed wise counsel in business, go to Whitey Person and ask him, why can't this country create jobs? Go, 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 go to Rothschild and say, why aren't you, aren't you able to, to lend money? Go to the banks, the chief executive of the banks, and say, you're sitting with so much cash in your balance. The chief executives of the top 40 companies, they will tell you what they have always told you for the last 25 years. You do not need to appoint a panel for that. You just need to get to make decisions as the government and as the president. Do not hide behind panels and pretend you're doing anything when you are actually just buying time. In the meantime, Lucanio, uh, bond market investors, the foreign investors who've bought our bonds and basically financed our kind of growing debt balloon, they seem to be fleeing. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, mean, I think Sigonati just mentioned that as well. It's, it's actually quite interesting because we, we tend to be obsessed with this country looking what the JSE is doing and what the Iran is doing. But then actually in terms of actually being able to look at the, the financial state of the, or the financial health of the country, because that's the bond market just tells you, right? Because people who are willing to actually lend money to the government on the basis that they will the get sort it of back. South Africa Inc. Uh, as yeah, you like, it, it, is, exactly it goes to the bond market. More yeah. so than the rent, because the rent could be moved by techie or whatever, you, know, you can never really know for sure. But what we do know just from the numbers in the Treasury, you will see that the proportion of, of these bonds held by foreigners, it was around about when Ramaphosa took over, it was around about 40%. 
proportion of like foreign holdings. And then it went up just in March, the month after it became president, 42.8. And as of like end of September, it's down to less than 37 percent. I mean, that's what I tell you. That's telling you something. I mean, that, that, I mean obviously, the bond investors are looking at the story. They don't like what they're seeing, and they're voting with their money. And, we, and I was, they're obviously looking ahead to the medium-term budget. I think you've written about that, about the disaster that, that's that probably going to be. And then, obviously, good mood is coming up. So a lot to worry about. So it's a good thing that the NC is actually showing some initiative. Like, so they actually came with a unified statement. Remember the last meeting they had, what a, what a disaster that was. The one that Don't came get out. too excited, my friend. Don't get too excited. Ace Mahashule will come out tomorrow and rubbish everything they've just agreed on now in nine pages. Do not get too excited about that one, I can assure you. We definitely miss your cynicism, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you say, so are you as bleak about the economy as, as the rest of everybody? Um, there is uh, very little to be, um, you know, to be excited about, to be honest. Um, it's, um, I mean, if you look back at uh, the data that's, that's been coming out, I mean, we're not going to, I mean, the economy is not going to grow at more than 1%. And we should be growing given the inequalities that we have. Um, given the low base, uh, given the market that we are, I mean, we should be growing much faster. And there are lots of people that need services, as Sikonati uh, uh, said. Uh, speak to business executives, speak to YT Basson, and, and ask them, what do people need? Why, why can't we grow the economy? And that's, those are the people, those are the people you need to, need to be speaking to. Yeah. The, the, the bond market, I mean, es Eskom, um, Sikonati, which is a great favorite of yours, mm. uh, the, the, the flat of the bond market investors. Um, to what extent are they fleeing from the Eskom risk? Because it seems that the Eskom risk is sort of really weighing on everything else, both financially and economically. But remember, a large part of the Eskom risk is, is guaranteed by the government, uh, which is the government itself increasingly unable to meet or, or the, the, the rating agencies will make it impossible for the government to, uh, to, to just uh, sail through the whole thing. ESCOM has not been sorted out and it will not be sorted and out. We just had a Fitch soon. downgrade of ESCOM mm. from junk to deeper junk. Right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We, what was we, that about? We mm. are about six levels below investment grade when at ESCOM, which, yeah, mm. which is the biggest risk of this economy. Now, that's not going to get uh, better anytime soon until actually the 280 billion rent that Jabu Mabuza Titombawini have been talking about has been paid over. You've reduced mm -hmm. that 450 billion rent debt massively to uh, ESCOM right now pays about 60 billion rent cash just to service uh, the, the interest on that. Yet it only generates 30 billion rand. So until you are able to, gen to, to, to service the debt from ESCOM's cash flow itself, it's, uh, that's not going to get better. And of course, ESCOM is not going to get the money. Uh, one, you've got uh, the largest sections of this country not paying for the electricity, and the tariffs will not rise without killing the economy to, to, to match what they need. So bond, uh, bond investors uh, have, have, uh, have better, uh, of course, the, it's, look, it's a lucrative return for them, but not in the face of a credit downgrade to complete junk for the sovereign. The so that's why so people what, are running To what away. extent is it a South Africa-specific thing? I mean, to what extent are global factors actually driving our markets versus necessarily South Africa-specific factors? It's, um, I mean, it, we've got our own problems, but um, as we 
all know, I mean, there's also problems elsewhere in the other emerging markets. So which, I mean, if you're an emerging market investor, I mean, you would look at all of them and you, I mean, South Africa will be in the firing line. But a lot of it, I mean, it has to do with our own problems as well that we need to sort out. I mean, as Lucanio has just, um, in, in his editorial, has mentioned, some of it could be, you know, we could, we could just as well, you know, do, be doing our bit so that when we are in the firing line, we don't get hit the hardest. Um, Marcus Huster has lost his bid to stop uh, a damages claim against him for 740 million rand. He said so, the, he's really in the firing line now um, on a civil suit this time. We're still yeah. waiting for a criminal suit. Yeah. Tell us the story with this case. So, uh, so this, this uh, Cape Town businessman, his, his name is Jab Detroit. So he sued him. He got into a share swap deal with uh, Steinhoff at the time. So he used to own shares in PSG uh, back in 2015. So he got persuaded, uh, as he claims, by, um, uh, by, by Marcus Yoste that uh, why don't you swap your shares in PSG uh, and get those in Steinhoff, we are going to Frankfurt and it's going to be a blue chip stock there or something along those lines. But uh, as we all know, um, about two years later, Steinhoff shares uh, imploded, uh, crashed, and Steinhoff in the middle of uh, you know, cleaning up its balance sheet, balance sheet following that fraud. So um, uh, this businessman, Jap Detroit, is now suing, uh, is now suing, suing Christoph, uh, not Marcus Yoste. For his losses. Uh, yeah, for, for those losses. <laughs> yeah, for those losses. And um, so um, the story that we carried today was about Marcus Yoste try, trying to basically stall the case or at best um, uh, get it dismissed, but he lost it. If yeah. now that he's lost, I mean, does this open the way for a whole bunch of other people who lost big money on on Steinhoff's implosion to also take Marcus Yuster and others potentially to court uh, to claim damages? That's uh, that's a possibility, um, but people would probably look at it and say, what are we going to get? Because Steinhoff itself is suing him for about 800, 800 million. I mean, he's, he's, he's out of pocket. So if you, so if you were <laughs> so yeah. if you were to sue him, you're probably not going to get a, a whole lot more. But, you know, people are going after Steinhoff. Steinhoff itself is being sued by a bunch of people, including shareholders, including um, uh, Christoph Wiese himself, uh, who basically wants his Pepco store back. But Lucanio, we still have not seen any criminal prosecutions being launched. Should we not expect a little bit more action on that front? No, definitely. I think there's a, I mean, there's a lot of frustration, and not just about this case. Obviously, there's all these other cases on you know, state capture and everything. I mean, we had a new director of prosecutions when February now, so it's almost like eight months now. I would say, like, it looks like the, I mean, the honeymoon is surely over by now, and people are, like, beginning. It's almost like gramophoria in a way, you know, it's, you know, get an appointment and people are thinking it's, it's going to be, like, overnight solution to everything. But it, but it takes time, really, to build the capacity. You know, it takes 10 years to destroy something, and then we expect it to be fixed in a few months. And Because also, like, I don't think she, do you want to go on, on a case like that, Without, without really being properly prepared, and then you get embarrassing loss, or the case gets thrown out in a technicality, like you know, those, those, those are spinner, spinner cases. Mm -hmm. So we don't want any of that. But I think 
people are rightly also like impatient. Like you, know, you mean you, you just read the newspapers, you read the letters pages, and people are saying, when, where are the prosecutions are coming? Yeah, and we don't give people very long honeymoons, mm -hmm. but but we need a signal. We need yeah, no, something. definitely something that, that something is happening or something. That we, they, they've been very quiet as well, and you know, they, 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 they're not even sort of laying the ground, sort of like in a way. You know. I guess the, sort the of question mm. is: I mean, does uh, the Hawks or even the NPA have the capacity to prosecute cases like this? Um, of such it's a, complexity, it's a, such, such complete mm. high-level financial crime, and um, I mean, it's just as much as um, state capture is, it's also it's also very difficult to prosecute, particularly if you mm. don't have the skills uh, and the capacity within. Um, within the Why does it not take yeah. private sector skills? Because yeah. there have been offers, surely, from the yeah, private exactly. sector. Yeah, I think people in business have offered to fund prosecutions. And, and, and lawyer, some, law firms have offered yeah, to support. I, I think somebody's even come up with the idea. Like, you know, you go ask all the QCs that you see, like, ask them, like, you know, pro bono, just do one case each. You know? Mm. <laughs> Is, <laughs> you know? but, but are there risks? I mean, Sikonati, I mean, if you think about the MPA taking services from one firm or from one or money from one corporate are there risks to that kind of an approach um could they be managed that there definitely are risks to that to that kind of, the very reason that we're discussing state capture that would be state capture okay. uh, except in, in this instance for the good of the country and could it be managed could it, those it, it definitely be managed? can be managed but you need parliament uh, to to actually uh, pass a law or uh, amend some laws to uh, to allow this private uh, prosecution, uh, the, the, this kind of private funding of the national prosecuting authority in, and indeed the hawks themselves. Now, a lot of the 400 people in parliament are themselves the criminals accused of state capture. Uh, uh, that would be the first time that I see uh, take his vote for Christmas if they actually allowed the NPA and the Hawks to be strengthened so as to prosecute them because it's the politicians, it starts there that, 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 that caused the mess in which we are right now. It's, uh, it's in their interests that nobody is being prosecuted for the simplest of crimes. A whole bank was stolen, VBS Mutual Bank, and the suspects are there in Parliament. Uh, the, the suspects would have to, uh, to, to agree to, uh, to, to take in skills from the private sector in order to pursue them. Uh, we, we know that's not going to happen. But uh, matters like Steinhoff are the most complicated and difficult. The simplest, I repeat again, is VBS Mutual Bank, but the suspects are in, 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 are parliament. in parliament. And and you would need the suspects to, 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 to amend the law in order to, to accept uh, private donations. There do seem to be some moves, I, I understand, as I understand it, to, to work out how you could... Um, bring in private sector partnerships mm. without running the risk, as you say, of, of state capture. I mean, you could do, for example, have a blind fund of some sort where, like, you know, it's not, it's not a case of taking money from, I don't know, Sekunati and from Liberty, whatever it is, that everybody just puts money into a pot and, and then you actually don't even know where the, where the money comes from. I mean, yeah. you have to, you have to, I mean, you have to have that some kind of control where to. the money comes from, but, but, but you wouldn't necessarily be getting money from an individual business or an individual human being. So you'd be, you'd be some kind of pot where you just... And, 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 and those people don't have any control about how it's spent. They don't, they don't get to decide who gets prosecuted. <laughs> but know? speaking you know? of taking money on the one hand and Steinhoff on the other, Musi yeah. Maimani, look on you. Um, allegedly took a car from Steinhoff, took a house from somebody else. Mm. Is this 
career limiting or even career ending for mm -hmm. the DAs Musima Imani. I mean, it's interesting, like, like I was saying, like, I mean, it's interesting about why this is coming up now and where it's coming from. I mean, I mean the fact that they, 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 both these stories have been linked to one particular newspaper. It's, 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 I'm interested in reading in terms of the, the, the political background. I mean, the political, political background, of course, is that there's a better they did in the elections. And I think they've got a federal council coming up soon, and they've got an, like, they, we've got like, local government elections in a couple of years. So obviously, like, uh, there's... Knives are set up. I mean, there was even today, like uh, on the radio, like uh, like Helen Zulu and everybody, like IRR, getting involved in discussions whether Mus Musi should be removed or not. So the, so the political okay. context is very interesting. No, yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. The point in question here is, Musi received a donation. Well, the DA received a donation from Marcus Yoste of Steinhoff, and we know how that. Uh, Steinhoff thing went, mm. subject of a criminal investigation, at least in Germany, not here. We know how it went. About 300 billion rands of other people's money was lost. Musi Maimane lives in a house that he lied to Parliament about and said it's his own house. Now he's not able to come out and say, actually, I pay rent uh, to, to Vessel Jacobs, mm. who is based in KwaZulu-Natal. This is the lease agreement we signed. Here's my banking detail. I've been paying this market-related rent for the past X number of years that I've been living in the house. The question is the ethics of Musi Maimane. Is Musi Maimane guilty of corruption in not declaring uh, the, the, the financial benefit? In other words, you're worried, you're worried about the lying. We worried not about the, the lying. The alleged lying, not yes. the source of the funding so much. We know money coming from Steinhoff to help with the election campaign. That could be said to, a, to be a political donation, clear. Would uh, it have been okay if it was Anglo-American for the sake of argument? Yes. yes. So they returned the vehicle. So it's not the source Great. of the money, it's the way in the which Steinhoff one is the DA clear, leader has and, and the DA, uh, whether Musi Maimane resisted or not, finally they returned... Uh, uh, the, the Toyota Fortunate to Steinhoff. The question now is, excuse me, just like we ask of Julius Malima, how much are you paying rent in that house that belongs to the cigarette smuggler? How much, Mr. Maimane, are you paying? If you are not paying rent, what do you do for that gentleman? Uh, how are you not able to demand accountability from Cyril Ramaphosa about donations when you are receiving donations on a daily basis? That is the question, and Musi Maimane has done absolutely nothing to remove the doubt uh, about, about the ethics of what he is doing, and indeed whether he pays any tax uh, on those benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, is it, it a perk? A perk from a South, uh, a South African revenue service? Yes, and, and as a member of parliament, he is not supposed to be receiving any financial benefit from anywhere. He shouts at the loudest, he shouts his lungs out on, about Cyril Ramaphosa, about Julius Malema, about Floyd Shibambu, who are also accused of receiving monies illegally. He's done the same thing, if, if all, the, all, of, all of these are true. And why has he not come out and take not only his part into his confidence, but the people of South Africa and say, the matter is simple, here's my lease agreement, here's my bank statements, I've been paying my rent. Tisa, so finally, a big subject in a very short space of time, the health market inquiry, just in our last couple of minutes. Yeah. Should we be worried, as if we're users of private health care, about what this means? Is it going to be better for the users of private health care or worse? I mean, are we being ripped off? Is this health market inquiry a solution to all our problems? Um, I'm not sure if it's a solution to all our problems, but um, it did lay out with... Uh, 
you know, solid research and, you know, proper engagement and consultation uh, as to what is wrong with our South African private healthcare uh, industry. I mean, one disturbing thing that came out um, of that is that um, there is a so-called over-servicing um, uh, which essentially means that the private, you know, the private, the, the private, the private healthcare sector is broken. Yes. I'm, I'm just yeah. rushing you because yes. we've got sure, one sure. minute left. Okay, one so minute. so there is over-servicing. Over-servicing, where you know, for example, but but, yeah. the, yeah. but the answer that the inquiry seems to propose is more regulation. Is that something that is desirable? Yeah, y yes. Yes. yes, I mean a lot of people have said that the, the previous minister Arun Mutsaladi was seen more as a as a public health healthcare health health minister, not the health minister of South Africa. So there has been, you know, we have neglected that part a little bit. But at the same time, you know, there has been greed. Um, you know, you can't, you can't have, as a hospital, you can't have somebody stay in bed longer than it's necessary, it's just so you can meet your targets. Mm -hmm. So that's what the... Well, ideally one won't end up in hospital. Yes. Or needing the healthcare, but yes. at some point everybody will. And that's all we have time for. Thank you very much for joining us. Please join us again next week for the next edition of Editing Aloud. Cool.